The man in the bar of the Phoenicia Hotel by the main gate of Valletta gave me more misinformation in the space of two hours than even six gins and tonics could really justify. He was a fattish, pinkish man in bulging blue shorts, a man on a long, lazy holiday, but discontented nonetheless. He was looking round for a decent place to settle, he told me, by way of introduction. He'd already done a recce on the Bahamas, Bermuda, the Channel Islands, the Isle of Man, Jamaica, Geneva, and Capri. Now he was in Malta, among the malts. Don't get me wrong, he said, popping salted peanuts into his mouth one by one, like a man on a very strange, measured diet. I like the malts, but do you know what their trouble is? They're not organised. You can't even get a decent mixed grill here. Well, I mean, that's no bloody use, is it? I suppose not. I always picked the wrong man at the bar, if I picked anyone, and I had done it again. But the fish is pretty good, don't you think? In the middle of stone history, here I was, talking about fish. It always happened. I tried again. Have you been out to Medina? What's that? The old capital. Now, he inserted two more peanuts. That's just architecture, isn't it? Guidebook stuff. And history, like this place. This hotel? Is it old? I didn't know. No, I mean Valletta. Have you been round Grand Harbour? I've done a recce. My trouble is, I like people. He leant forward, suddenly confidential. I met a very interesting man last night, right outside here in the car park. One of those settler fellows. He told me a very interesting story. I waited. It's a way of getting duty-free cars into Malta. He had a brand new Mercedes. Beautiful job. Must have cost about six thousand. And he saw me looking at it, and we got to chatting, and he told me how it was done. He said, and he seemed to know what he was talking about, that if you did a year here as a settler, and then said you'd changed your mind and asked for a tourist visa instead, and extended that for a year, and then after twelve months signed up as a settler again, you could import one new car each year duty-free, and then trade it in for another one. All bakshi, all fixed up in Germany, no pain at all. What do you think of that? I believe they've changed the rules. Anyway, can you really use a new Mercedes every year in Malta? That's not quite the point, old boy, is it? All I know is he was on his third duty-free Merc in three years. He sat back, deeply content. That's what I meant when I said the malts aren't properly organised. The Maltese, I knew, were organised to the extent of a 40 mph speed limit and roads which disappeared into the sea after an absolute maximum of 17 miles. A Mercedes owner would be trapped, just as I was trapped. But I still owed him the fourth drink. Would you like another drink? Can't fly on one wing. The new drinks were brought. The barman, rebuked for not providing fresh slices of lemon, got to keep them up to the mark, old boy and we settled down again. Early convictions of despair warred with late manifestations of a social conscience. I told him that I was crossing to Gozo, the next door island, tomorrow. What, to live? No, just a day trip. That's about enough. There's nothing on Gozo. Talk about quiet. 
If you draw a cork, they think the revolution's started. Of course, it's a quaint sort of place, if you like that kind of thing. Only they don't make anything of it. I would go so far as to say... All of a sudden, he became exceptionally judicial, stabbing the air with a large pink forefinger, that Gozo's got distinct possibilities, if only it's handled right. It's exactly the sort of place that hundreds of people in the upper brackets are looking for, as a holiday spot or even as a place to live. It's got peace and sunshine and a real chance to relax. Of course, it needs a complete facelift, but what's the good if no one knows about it? I mean, who's heard of Gozo? The malts have got to sell the place if they want to get it organised and sell it to the right kind of chap. Could be a top island for top people, he droned on. The upper brackets, as time went by, seemed to expand to bursting point, involving thousands of jet-set travellers winging in from all over, top people who must assuredly turn Gozo, which I did not know, into Miami, which I did. Peace, sunshine, and a place to relax. Finally, my friend focused his fat eyes and looked at his watch. I make it seven o'clock. Well, eight o'clock. Good grief! I promised my wife... He levered himself off his stool, his pale blue shorts nigh to rippling explosion. Well, I wish you joy, old boy. Are you catching the early ferry? Yes. At least you've got one good thing going for you. There'll be no one on the boat, not at 7.30 in the morning. By 7.30 in the morning, as I might have guessed, there seemed to be more people on board the boat than there were in Valletta itself. The ferryboat Yilant, which had started life romantically as a British submarine chaser, switched to Danish registry and had then been converted to a stubby pedestrian workhorse, making approximately 1,800 return trips a year between Gozo and Malta. I was interested in ships, just as the man in the bar liked people, and the oldest of the Phoenicia porters had supplied me with her pedigree. The Yilant, by the time the gangways were hauled in, was crammed to the roof with my fellow passengers.'